Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of those connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing with a little humor and learning along the way. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief Mark Legfold. Today's Beneath the Wing is featuring Senior Airman, sorry, Staff Sergeant, Amanda Volkenhauer, spelled with a W. Amanda recently joined the 133rd a few years ago after transferring uh, from our friends across the runway at the 934th Airlift Wing. After growing up in Lindstrom, Minnesota, she decided to join the military and specifically went into the trades. Amanda's actually an artist, which we'll get into in just a bit, but first of all, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So let's start at the very beginning. You grew up in Lindstrom. How did you get interested in pursuing a trade? And then we'll get into how you came into the military. All right. Um, I got interested in a trade. It was more in high school. It was just, you know, uh, one of my, I guess it kind of started in middle school, maybe a little bit. One of my favorite teachers, uh, Mr. Leffler later became Master Sergeant Leffler for me. Uh, he taught industrial tech. And when I moved out to the high school, he uh, began teaching uh, more metals classes. So uh, I was like, okay, I really liked him as a teacher. He helped me through a lot of difficult middle school stuff, like making friends and getting through that weird phase, right? Uh, but uh, so I was like, I'm, I'm just going to try taking, you know, one of these classes uh, turns out, you know, with him believing in me, I, you know, he kept pushing me forward and, and I just kind of sort of fell in love with welding. It's like coloring for adults, uh -huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he gave me academic achievement. My first, uh, metals class. Unfortunately, when I did take metals two, metals two, uh, Leffler, had, was deployed to Cuba and I took on he had a substitute teacher come in and I took on being a teacher assistant for that teacher in high school in high school uh, I was my senior year and uh, I really liked teaching teaching the kids and stuff and the substitute he was a good substitute but he he lacked a kind of little little you know I actually got to show these kids how to do it but He's a he's a really good sub who also, you know, porch or you know gave me influence on 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 welding. Uh, I began to notice through through school, like uh, in college and stuff, that everybody welds completely different from one another. It's almost like your own signature or your own fingerprint. I I said that you're an artist, right? <laughs> and being a back being a farmyard welder, I, I get it. Everybody does weld differently. I yeah. weld poorly. <laughs> so what makes a good artist when it comes to welding? You say coloring for adults. Yeah, coloring for adults. Um, knowing what a bad weld looks like and knowing how to fix a weld or how to maneuver your... Um, your hand in a in an angle and like listening to the machine and and just feeling everything in that weld and uh 
also taking in a little bit of pain because you know you're gonna get some sparks you're gonna get that but if you can take that pain and hold hold that still just because you want that weld to be absolutely perfect when you pick up that helmet and you see it and it just is like oh yes <laughs> just, I could just hear I can see the passion here and I hope people can hear it when I was learning how to weld the best piece of advice I got from my dad out in the shop. I, I'd shared with you before we started, I got like a 1936 old stick welder um, out in the farm shop and he said, you can tell a good welder from a bad welder, not from the bead, because those will be pretty similar, but the good ones don't flinch <laughs> yep. when they get hit by those sparks. <laughs> uh, yeah, the key is to, to not flinch, you know, even I've, I've, been in, in a position where I've had my pant leg on fire and I completely ignored it. I was like, it'll, it'll just burn. It'll be okay though. I'll be fine. <laughs> I just want this weld to be perfect. <laughs> but with, um, with going in and knowing that everybody welds so differently, uh, I see a lot of YouTube videos and stuff on like how to weld. And I kind of wanted to start one on my own just to show a different way of welding and maybe have other welders come on that YouTube channel to show how they do things too. Because I, I've, I've helped a couple of kids out who are going through college or who are just beginning and, and like their instructors sometimes teach them this way and it doesn't really work for them. But maybe if you try it this way, it might work differently. Mm -hmm. Even at uh, tech school for, for structures here, we did a little bit of welding in that. And it was awesome to teach those kids a different way. And even the instructor was like an awe. And he was a pretty good welder too. Yeah. yeah so. You get a little bit of everything when you go through yes. structure school for the Air Force, right? Yes. It's, so welding was just a part of that. <laughs> and I'm sure you got to that block and you were like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I tried really hard. And it was hard because welding is like you know, everything to me. But I tried really hard not to tell anybody I knew how to weld to see if they would notice. Uh -huh. He noticed the first bead I laid down. He's like, are you a welder? Uh, no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a welder. <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about the tech school thing, right? You have a military journey that goes along with your trades journey. Yes. How yes. did you get into the military in the first place? Military... I don't know. I grew up just having that feeling. I kind of describe it to my mom every once in a while, but I don't know if other members go through this or not, but it's just like this feeling deep down that I'm supposed to be doing this, that this was, you know, this was part of me, maybe not me entirely, but it's a big chunk. And, uh, so like, even when I was little, I knew I wanted to be in the military. I didn't know what branch or what to do. I didn't really start, kind of get in the grasp of that until high school first was like, all right, I want to be like dad. I want to be a Marine. And dad was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. And then Leffler having such a, a big influence, he was always, we never had Air Force come and recruit, like yeah, the army kind of, you know, mm -hmm. recruit at the schools, but we had Leffler. So he would recruit all the time. Sure. And he got me into the Air Force. Uh, but I did try to go guard first and, I got in a, a car accident and la-di-da, I ended up in the reserves, you know. And I, I'm glad I took the reserves journey because I, I think it made me stronger to get here. <laughs> so you're first, and we say an AFSC, and if you never wore a uniform in your life, it's basically what is your job in the military. Um, Army calls it an MOS. 
It's, it's just a fancy acronym for, hey, what's your job? So what was your job in the Air Force Reserve? What was the first thing that you did in the military? I was an electrical and environmental spe specialist. Um, my The planes that we worked on on the reserve side were the uh, C-130Hs. Mm. Um, I don't know if they're moving to the Js like we are or not. Uh, that was a big talk over there when I was just leaving. Um, but, uh, yeah, I worked on those for... <laughs> For a while, but like going through tech school, you learned like on all different planes. Our, our job wasn't specified because, you know, you don't know where you're going to end up, like what base or, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, that was my first AFSC. It wasn't sitting in the recruiter's office. I was like, yeah, I want to weld in the military because it's something I'm really good at. And he was like, well, this job has soldering. <laughs> I was like, no, not quite the same. Right. Um, but I was also wanting to I, I've always kind of been one of those people that like likes to do and learn all different things that's why like I really like what I do now but right. I didn't know anything about electrical or environmental I didn't really know what the job was when I first enlisted but uh, it came with a signing on bonus so you can't complain there absolutely not <laughs> um I, going through tech school it was uh it was a struggle just because I don't know it wasn't it wasn't my I didn't fit into that job, I don't think. Uh, I made it through. You know, I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I didn't fail or anything, but it's always like, like if I was a student, it would have been like C, B average. C plus, B plus kind of, right. you know, hit and miss thing. But uh, so you yeah. made it made it through that tech school. You got back here. You started working on planes. <laughs> yeah, I started working on planes and starting that whole adventure with, uh, with that shop. Um we were like, the, we were the same for a little bit. And then I think it was like my third year in. And keep in mind, like between basic training and tech school, uh, that took up a, a year in itself. So I was two years working with my shop. Mm -hmm. And then they split us in half. And they went, we had the uh, flight line side and then we had the back shop. And that's how like active duty and I think a lot of, most everybody runs, and I don't know why we didn't start out that way. I don't know the whole background, but they put me on a back shop at first, and then later I moved to the, the flight line because of complications that rose with somebody um, on the, the back shop. And uh, needless to say, like, I stuck it out my six years there, and I, I got my five level, and I did the what I had to do, but... It was uh, it was a, quite a journey. I mean, I learned a lot, but I also lost a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sticking it out in a career, and you know, we we talked a little bit about you know going into something you weren't necessarily passionate about. Yeah. When you started talking about welding, Amanda, your your face lights <laughs> up and you get animated. But this is just soldering and fixing some components on aircraft and yeah you were looking for something a little bit more from the military but you still wanted to stay in how yeah. did you manage to cross the runway <laughs> <laughs> well it was hard okay there was a lot of complications with eni &E, but there was a lot of you know there was some good parts uh as well i really liked being able to tell people yeah i fix air billings you know <laughs> and i was like yeah i do this you know, I always get that question, or how many airplanes have you flown? I'm like, I don't fly them. I fix them. <laughs> but, uh, 
that was something, you know, that I, you know, I had to let go. And when I was searching for the job, um, you know, Leffler poke his little head out again. And, uh, you know, that's how I kind of got over here. But it was a while still because there was no openings in his shop. And then he was like, oh, there's electrical over here. And I was like, that's not really the best fit for me. Uh, electrical in CE, not on planes. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I can do electrical work, but there is some big gaping holes that lost information just because I purposely suppressed it with bad, you know, bad memories. So I right. just had to kind of let that go. And I think that's what kind of overtook me in my last unit was I was forgetting stuff. I mean, it was a difficult job to do and to have to memorize everything in two days and then remember it from a month from now. You get like active duty people that have done it for years or you get uh, people that are out there every day. You know, they just work on planes and then, you know, as a reservist, you just come out those two days. I'm like, I, I don't know, <laughs> you is, know. That's a challenge. Yeah, that? I did a lot of, you know, trying to memorize and, and everything. And I just, uh, I, I developed confidence issues because of their training methods and I couldn't I, I knew all the answers that they were asking of me but uh, I couldn't answer you know they yeah. were just like I, I I just wouldn't answer I would be like silent or you know I was, I was there Amanda you bring up a, a, a really good point and that is you know the folks that come out here one weekend a month yeah how much work it takes on yes. the other 28 days a month just to stay current, stay proficient. And the passion that folks have that do come in on our on our drill weekends to know their craft, know their job, understand it, and all the extra studying and work that it takes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot more work than the typical, you know, you hear the... Oh, you're a weekend warrior. It's it's a lot more than that, right? It's like, a it's a passion, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. And you gotta. I mean, lately, uh, the in our commanders' calls and all that, they really push to remembering your why, and that is a big thing here. You gotta remember why you you joined and why you're doing this. And when I was going through all that tough stuff on the nine thirty fourth, I remembered my why, and it kept me going. And and that's kind of like it. It brings out your passion, and if you really like what you're doing as a job, and you really like who you're working for, there's nothing stopping you. Like, so do you like who you're working for now? I I adore them. <laughs> so, t tell me about the the CE family, the civil engineer family that you're a part of now. Well, it's just that a family. I actually feel like a family. Uh, I fit in more with CE. And like this, you know, in the beginning, I, it was well, I was there for like a few months and I felt like I fit in there more than I ever did in the six years I was on the 934. Yeah. Um, I, you know, maintenance is different because uh, it's, it's a lot of go, go, go. But here in, in CE, it, it's a lot of really hard labor, but it's easy i don't know it's easy and it's difficult it's difficult enough to keep you you, you going yeah <laughs> and with this with these guys i don't know each shop we're i don't know we come together i love I, you know we were in japan and my commander was out there working side by side with us mm -hmm. that's a leader right there yeah <laughs> and i see like my shop chief is 
he's a great leader too, you know, he's, he's working just as hard as the rest of us instead of just being like, you did this wrong or you did this wrong. Well, okay. <laughs> Two things. But, uh, I, they're just people I never want to disappoint, right. you know, like I want to try my hardest for because it was such a big difference from the 934th for me anyways. They're worth working hard for their, we're a family, you know, like I got brothers now. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of them. A lot of brothers, right? A lot of brothers. And so you, this kind of brings up another good point here, Amanda. You, you talk about the artistry of your welding. And I, I know what you do on the outside. We'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> and that's primarily a male-dominated career. The military in and of itself, historically, has been a very male-dominated career. Now, the Air Force, I think, is sitting right around 35% female now. Mm, so we're, we're catching up <laughs> to parity. And uh, uh, every, every year gets a little bit better. But you're still in a very male-dominated area. The, yes. the civil engineers of plumbers electricians, people that build up, like buildings and stuff, yeah. people that build across, like pavements and runways and stuff, uh, and that care for all of that apparatus of just a building a city from the ground up um, and maintaining it are in civil engineers. That's a lot of primarily men. Yes. What's the challenge been for you as a woman moving into a male-dominated career field and wanting and having a passion for it too. Um, for military, it hasn't been. I mean, excluding nine thirty four stuff. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been all that difficult here. Um, I think what what I do on the outside definitely helps because <laughs> you know I've, I've been through the ringer for a lot of different things, and I you know with guys it's. I've always, even growing up, I was like the tomboy, so I always kind of fit in with the guys more. Like, I can change your oil in like 15 minutes. I got you. Mm -hmm. uh, the most feminine thing about me was probably dance, and uh, <laughs> I didn't really have any friends. I had one good friend, but she was older than me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, that helps. And just, I don't know, just being with one of the guys is it's easy for me, yeah. I guess. Um I, you know, I don't get, I don't get really offended. I don't let things bother me. Uh, and most of the time, no, all the time, they're always just joking. So I, I know that if something went wrong, those guys would be, be there for me. Yeah. And, and I got that feeling almost right away. Yeah, you talked about the family. Yeah. Or we talked about the family of CE because that's where I spent most of my career. Yeah. Was in that civil engineer family and, and it's, it's it close. Is. We are close. Yeah. Even EM. Yes. <laughs> EM is great. They're great. Everybody is great over there. It's so good to hear that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a place that I still uh, hold pretty close in my heart. Um, traditional guardsman is what you are, which means you come in one weekend a month. Yes. And you work structures, but on the outside you work for Caterpillar. Yes. That's here in the Twin Cities. It's a manufacturing career. You weld all day and your pants catch on fire you keep on going <laughs> yeah what's it like working for caterpillar tell us about the relationship that the, your guard life has with your your work with cat as far as military stuff and caterpillar i think they are probably top notch um i do have uh an army officer up 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 in the you know big offices so he's always looking out for us uh not many uh they we sit down we they celebrate Veterans Day, they hand out 
Caterpillar apparel and we have, you know, cookies and whatever. Working for a cat is uh, a roller coaster. I have some awesome coworkers that also give me the same feeling of if something happened, they'd be there, you know, and they've helped me, you know, being the typical female me, you know, I'll overthink, you know, my job as a welder, I got to say, it doesn't take a whole lot of thinking. So I'm thinking about everything else and I'm way overthinking things. And, and the guys just sit there and listen, or I listen to them, you know, they, you know, whatever comes up and, as welders, I feel like we 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 come we come together and we're you know I if I have a question of, of something or if maybe someone has something different to, you know different way of doing it I I listen I love learning about welding I love learning about other people welding so that's you know or how they weld uh, so I try to grasp everything that the older guys share the grandpas you know now um, when I started at Cat I was third shift. And then I went That's to, in the middle of the night, right? Yes. That was the shift of 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then I went to second. Um, so the only thing seniority really gets you at CAT is moving up to first. Um, and I got really lucky with that. Sometimes you're there for on third and second shift for like eight years. I got lucky and, uh, and I moved up pretty fast. So I'm uh, on first shift now. And um, I got to say, like, the, the age differences go from really young to the older guys just because, you know, the seniority thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I've made friends on all, all three shifts. Yeah, we move around a little bit. One of my favorite coworkers, uh, <laughs> probably like a year younger than my dad, him and I are just, we're just two peas in a pod. He, like, I was supposed to meet this person and be best friends with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... There's just a lot of guys that are like that there, though. It's crazy. Like, I make pretty good friendships. I do have uh, three other female workers or welders there. There's other <laughs> forklift drivers and all that. But as welders, there's only four of us. Two of them. Well, one of them I don't really know because we worked opposite shifts for too long. And then one I did work with, and she's pretty, she's pretty cool. And then we got a newbie. She's still... Uh, Still a temp, and that's how I started out as cat too. I didn't stay a temp very long though. She is still a temp because um, she doesn't want to get off a of first shift. Cat's sure. uh, not really good at that uh, flexibility thing when it comes to okay. When if you get hired on here, you're going to be on third. It's it's hard in a manufacturing it career is. field to to do that. Yeah. You got yeah. lots of people, lots of uh, you know. You got to have people on third and or second to keep things rolling. So you kind of have to do that. Yeah. But I kind of, I hope I kind of took her under my wing and I'm, I'm showing her, you know, everything that I know and and came across and hoping that her welding and stuff gets better. It's not easy to bring up something a welder did wrong. Uh, I gotta say, like guys and stuff. Oh. You got like undercut there, or you got this, you know. As an inspector, I'm not one, but uh, I could see that being a difficult job. <laughs> sure, it's like telling somebody how to fix their stroke of paint on yeah. a tapestry, you right? Not want... Yeah, right. there's like picking on each other, and then there's, you know, the I can't think of the word, but the constructive criticism. Yeah, like most of the time, I'm just saying it so. You don't get caught by an inspector, right? Sure. Like, that's the last thing. And 
I don't know, when I first started at CAT, I feel like I could not weld. <laughs> but I seeing myself transition through year and day and week, whatever, and getting better at welding each time is amazing. I go having like, I don't know, 15 write-ups. And when I say write-ups, I'm talking like quality hits, undercut, porosity, you didn't tie that in, whatever. Mm-hmm. To now I have 15 frames under my belt with zero quality hits. No way. The only problem, Cat does zero recognition. I think they're working on that. I hope that they're working on that. But their recognition is kind of lacking right now. It's, that, is, that is another thing that's it's different between the culture and climate that we have here yes. in, in uniform compared to what is, there is out there. Money talks out, Money. out in the corporate structure, but out here, you know, we recognize people that do a good job, hand them a coin, give them a medal, right. and it means a lot. Yep. Right? Actually, we were talking... We were talking some ideas because <laughs> we have the moxie. Uh, our commander does the moxie uh, cans of pop. And uh, that's always been, like, I got one already, too. Orange soda from Maine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's become the big deal in Minnesota, It's not right? orange, though. It's not flavored orange. It's like it's like licorice and doctor black licorice and, like, okay. Dr. Oh. Pepper. It's, I've, I've never tasted it. We just had one explode in Japan, and I smelt it, and I was like, I heard it tastes like, um, what's that alcohol? Jägermeister, I think. I don't know. Jägermeister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're from Lindstrom, and you can't say Jägermeister. You're German, and you can't say Jägermeister. I'm more Norwegian than I am That a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know this because I can't eat anything spicy. <laughs> but cat, uh, you know, I they don't, I think cat, it's very, like, management the rest of us sure and i feel like sometimes they don't listen to us they do they have their you know surveys i've never liked surveys personally even through school <laughs> i used to have my dad be like she does not have to do the survey <laughs> mm. um but they don't do a good job listening to us uh and i feel like if they just took a moment and and, and listened to us we had we got some smart guys out on that floor and smart gals out on that floor too. <laughs> yes that too yes uh, amanda you you are learning some of those really good leadership skills, God, I and, hope and so. I'm hearing you you talk about how important it is to listen to people. It is, and that's that's a skill I'm still working on, and I'm you know a few years older than you are, uh, but it's it's one of those constant things that we try to evolve and and work on. Um, yeah, but if you're not learning, then you're not really. I don't know, living, kind of. Right. You're always learning. Time, time to go if I stop learning in this job, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. And and it is it is a whole lot of fun. Um, getting back to Kat, you just went to Japan. Yes. Left for 15, 20 days? Yeah, it was about three weeks. Yeah. How did Caterpillar support you in that? You said they're really good with the military. They are. So when I say they're really good, I'm talking really good. For one... They never question when I say I have to do military stuff. Um, let's say I have to come out randomly on a Friday. They never ask for paperwork. They never ask for a note. They don't, you know, they don't do ask for orders. Um, and uh, I think that's really nice because it's one less thing I have to worry about. You yeah. know, I need to be focusing on my Air Force stuff. And there's a lot of paperwork that comes with the Air Force already. So it's like digging all that stuff down and bugging your supervisor about getting this information to them. It becomes a task. And I had to deal with that with 
prior jobs and it was just not easy. The other thing that CAD does, and I'm bad about getting the paperwork in, gotta get better, but they will pay the differential uh, while I'm gone. So let's say I make, uh, normally make $200 and I make 100 here in the Air Force, they'll pay the other 100 Yeah. Uh, you just have to put in like your LESs and send them your orders and stuff. And But that comes in handy when uh, I'm normally living uh, you know, I get paid weekly, and then when you do military stuff, it's every two weeks. So right. it's it gets a little kind of like, okay, wow, <laughs> got to organize everything in my brain. And I'm, you know, I live alone, so all the bills fall upon me. And yeah. you know, I have it organized upon cat, not military stuff. I do have, um, you know, I left for school for six months, and they were like, okay, see you when you get back. Wow, I'm about to leave them again for uh, my very first appointment I'm um, really excited but very nervous about it because yeah. <laughs> I'm going all by myself I'm not going with the unit and I just hope that uh, I uh, I represent the 133rd as uh, good as I can because it is great here <laughs> we already we already know that you will <laughs> um, I'm gonna reintroduce you we're gonna take a break okay I've been talking with staff sergeant uh, Amanda Volkenhauer Getting it right. Your grandma won't be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be back after a quick uh, commercial break. Hope you stick around. This is Technical Sergeant Gallucci with the Minnesota Air National Guard recruiting team. Is your day boring? Are you tired of sitting behind a desk? Or are you a student that is looking for something more than just average? Thinking about making a change in your life? Looking for a challenge? Wanting to be a vital puzzle piece in the big picture? Well, the Minnesota Air National Guard is the answer to that calling, to that change. We currently have openings in many technical career fields in civil engineering, such as electrical systems apprentices and water and fuel systems maintenance apprentice. When that spark to serve your country and community ignites, please reach out to me via text or phone call at 612 9101187. I look forward to speaking with you soon. Fly, fight, win. Welcome back and thanks for sticking around. We're on the second segment featuring senior there I did it again, Staff Sergeant Amanda Volkenauer. Sorry, I gotta not have written that down, Amanda. I apologize. Hey, I still do this. Well. Hey, good deal. At least your grandma's not gonna be mad at me and yeah, I'm pronouncing yeah, the last that's name. That's all right. that matters. Uh, thanks for sticking around for me with me for the second half of Beneath the Wing. Um asked you who you know, a person or a character from history that you really identify with, and you talked about Rosie the Riveter. <clears throat> Pretty hotly debated, actually, who, if a real Rosie the Riveter actually existed. In 1942, Red Evans and John Jacob Loeb wrote a song recorded about her to help the war effort. Um, but the image of, of Rosie the Riveter became really important. It, it was a symbol of strength and women working in normally male-dominated careers and helping the military. So get into that. Tell me what strong means to you. Um, strong is having, I don't know, work, you know, working with what you got uh, and knowing how to use, you know, what you got. And then uh, also with strength, it's got to be, you know, despite whatever's going on, you get the job done. You work really hard, not for somebody else, but for yourself. 
you know? Like, I don't weld for Caterpillar or for other people. I weld for me because I love it and I want to do my very best at it, you know? And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of strength and, and other, other things to, okay, you know, you got to admit to yourself when you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, with welding, I'm like, oh, okay, that weld is a little iffy. <laughs> what can I do to make it better? Yeah. You know, what, what, can I, what can I be to be better? Uh, and I think that takes a lot of strength to admit that. You, you shared with us right before we went to break that you're getting ready to go on a deployment all by yourself. Yes. And your big concern is representing... One thirty third. Us well. <laughs> yes. Uh, but honestly, you know, listening to you, does it take a lot of strength to do that? To just take off, go on your own, and and hit a deployment. It it does. Um, personally, with me, I have to fight a lot of confidence issues um, and doing things on my own and trusting myself to be able to do them. Even taking like. A CDC test, which I also have coming up, I have to, hey, you got this. You can do this. People believe in you and you got to believe in you. Yeah. And it takes a lot of strength for a deployment. I'm, I've been away from home, but I've never been on a deployment. So it'll be a little bit different, but my strength is right there in my family. And I know that they're going to be there, whether I can hear them, see them, or just feel them as I go. Yeah. Tell us about that family structure and the support. We did a little bit when we started out here, just kind of encouraging you to get to, into the military, but how have they supported you along the way? Um, they've always been, you know, when it comes to touchy things, uh, non-judgmental, I, I would say. You know, they're, they're there, and they would do just about anything for me, I feel like. Alex, my brother, is uh, he's a big inspiration. Um, He's got a disability that he fights every day. I know he fights it every day, even though he doesn't admit it. Um, he's got cerebral palsy. It's not on a severe case where he's in a, in a wheelchair or anything. He's actually one of the smartest people I know uh, in IT and everything. And But he's not just like some little computer nerd. No, he's out there doing woodworking and stuff. And he went, oh, I really wanted to meet these guys here because it's, you know, he's one of those people who gets along with everybody and uh God, if I could be even a sixteenth of what he is, that would be amazing. Even my dad. My dad is so smart, knows a lot of random stuff, like how to make a donut. I don't know why he knows this stuff. Dads are good at knowing <laughs> random stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom comes in and she makes me think about feelings and oh, the cheesy stuff, you know, yeah. the stuff you eat with crackers. <laughs> But she, you know, she brings me down to earth and, and, you know, makes me think twice about how I do things. And she's always been really kind. And I really push for that because if you show a little kindness here, you, you'll find it in a different way. It might not be for them, from that person or that area or whatever it is. But kindness is a big thing and it'll go a long way. And it could make someone's day. It could yeah. make someone, you know, could change their life. You never know. Opening that door. Holding, you know, helping them across the road, whatever it is. Yeah. Little little bits of kindness go a long little, way. Yeah, it's the little things. You, Enjoy uh, the little things. Absolutely. <laughs> you talked about the family at CE and yeah. your dad and your mom and your brother Alex all have different 
traits and characteristics. Yes. Which one of those traits and characteristics did you bring to your family here at, at CE? <laughs> to be honest, I, I'm still working on that. I, you know, I can't read from them what I'm bringing to them, but uh, I'm, I'm just making, just making a path. I know that I can, I'm really good at working really hard. I might not be smart about it, but I will give you every little physical strength that I can, um, whether it be carrying buckets of water up and down so you can clean trowels or whatever in Japan or, you know, uh, and, and, and being there for, for, for my people too and listening to whatever comes their way and hopefully being someone they can lean on if they need to, you know, yeah. uh, again, with that kindness thing, uh, I always uh, try to make, <laughs> I make a lot of cookies. <laughs> and that was like one of the most helpful things that my dad ever taught me <laughs> to do was to bake these cookies because, man, seeing those people's faces and they're like, it tastes so good. <laughs> I know I'm going to have to stop at CE for a oh, cookie when we're done. For sure. I don't have them this week cause, uh, or this month because I was working on CDCs a lot. But yeah. definitely... Um, I'll have to bring them up now. I know where you are. Well, there you go. (laughs) She first found my office today. Um, CDCs, for those that are listening, are a career development course. It's just like any kind of continuing education that we have to do to get better at our job. Um, Talk about the progression here. You uh, cross-trained. After starting in one job, you moved to another. cool thing about the military is you don't lose any pay when you start out at ground zero on a job. (laughs) Uh, how's the learning been for you with your career development? What's the uh, challenges that you've been going through on that? I think, you know, going through tech school, I did I did really, really well. Yeah. Um, so we got two parts to our to our tech school. Uh, the first part, we will take it with either Navy or Army in our class. Yeah. And then the second half is all Air Force. Um, the first half was more of the carpentry stuff and, and all the... All the, yeah, all that stuff. But uh, I, I got third in my class, and I was very surprised. <laughs> you know, I liked it being all hands-on. There was, of course, book work, but I had such a great class, another good representation of future CE. But we all looked out for each other. Um, me being prior, there was, like, that kind of wall. Um, we couldn't see each other outside of class or anything like that. But during class or right before tests, we were all just trying to help each other study. And, yeah. uh, and it, that was awesome. And I, I think that really helped a lot. And then the second half, I was a point away from being distinguished graduate. And I was trying to do my best for my future shop because at this point, I've already met with them. I've worked with them. And I just wanted to do what I could, you know, to... I don't know. They they've even said that I've kind of stepped in. You know, I'm I'm Leffler's protege, and that that puts a little pressure on me to do my very best, but not as much as trying to be my best for them. Yeah, yeah. You're forging your own path. Yeah, I uh, nine thirty fourth. I I I definitely didn't feel like a a, a good airman, more like a, a broken airman. Um, and I just I didn't want that following me around anymore. And I was like, I'm gonna. I'm going to leave this here, and I, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to be great, and it's going to be great. And so far, uh, I'm one step at a time, I'm yeah. getting there. <laughs> Amanda, you found a new home and a new I family. I did. And it's, it just sounds like you're able to just, you're learning new things, but you're also a part of it. You're able to be yourself in a family where you're comfortable. Yes. And describing your family structure, that that's kind of the way you grew up. 
yes. a place where you're you're comfortable. Very well loved. And well loved. <laughs> and that's that's one thing that uh, in the military, we're not necessarily good at it, but it's there, the fact that we do love one another out yes. here. Yes. A little so sappy, but it's still a true thing, isn't it? Yep. It might not be outspoken outright, um, but it's it's there in, in the way that people do things for you or are looking out for you really you just you feel it it's it's a it's a lot different um than what i went through at the 934 for uh, sure definitely <laughs> okay so second half of the podcast <clears throat> amanda this is uh podcast number 39 by the way you haven't listened to any of these which you told me you're gonna listen to this one aren't you <laughs> i don't know i don't so know if i want to <laughs> one, one of the things that we do is we have a quick question so you got to answer the question quickly first thing that pops oh, in your head gosh. Okay. And then we just move right on to the next question. <laughs> you ready for this? Oh, boy. I'm sure you're going to do just fine. As long as it's not math. Uh, okay, good, because <laughs> I don't do math really well either. <laughs> New Year's resolution you know you're going to break. A New Year's Okay. Um, <laughs> um, New Year's resolution I know I'm going to break. I, I didn't think of those. I just thought of ones I wanted to accomplish. <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, we're going to come back to that one. Best holiday treat. Oh, um, scalp corn. <laughs> Led Zeppelin or Metallica? Uh, lead. John Deere or Cat? <sighs> I got to say Cat. I guess you do. <laughs> Your coworkers might listen to this one. Yeah. I'm a green and yellow guy myself, but okay. <laughs> Stick feed or wire feed? Ooh, I guess wire stick is dirty. <laughs> Best Christmas movie? Um, Home Alone. What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, tequila, because you only say one word. <laughs> that one, I, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, if you could become any animal, which animal would you be? A dog. Okay. What's a New Year's resolution that you know you're going to break or you know anyone else is going to break? Make it easy on you. Anyone else? What do you mean? Yeah. What's a New Year's resolution that's always broken? Oh, what's always broken? I'm going to go to the gym all the time. That's Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was mine too. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you know who John Heathcote is? I feel like I've heard of that name. But all right, I'll give you a little of... history here. Oh, fun. We do a little fun and learning along the way. <laughs> He's most famous for being a member of parliament from Triverton back in the early 1800s. He had a patent for a very complex weaving machine called a warp loom. You have no idea where I'm going with this. It's fun. <laughs> uh, it made English lace, like those little doilies you see in Grandma's house. Yeah. Grandma, who pronounces a uh, name that starts with a W with a V, <laughs> that one. Uh, he also patented the first steam plow with a track design. Okay. All right paving the way for what Caterpillar would soon become best known for. So Heathcote's steam plow sunk in a swamp. He didn't have the money to continue working on it. He couldn't even get it out of the mud. If you had limitless funds and time to create something, what would you make or improve? Like, make anything? Anything. Anything? Yeah. Limitless money. Oh, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, something, I want to build something that helps everybody in a way, <laughs> but I don't know what that would be. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'll bet it would be made out of metal, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I could show off my welds. <laughs> so you've mentioned your favorite high school teacher a couple times who turned yes. into Master Sergeant Scott Leffler. Yeah, I had to get used to saying that and some mister. <laughs> I'm sure. I, one of the kids that grew up with my kids showed up at the front gate when I was working in security forces, and I was in uniform. He looked at me and goes, Mr. Legbold? That was hilarious. It's <laughs> cute. Uh Anyway, so Master Sergeant Scott Leffler, your favorite high school teacher, he was known for putting his school picture up all over the base. Yeah. He was just a weird guy. What's the best advice he ever gave you or the most important lesson you learned from a weird weirdo like him? You know, it wasn't something that he just outright spoke to me, but his enthusiasm and his positivity and his, you know, Go Wildcats. <laughs> uh -huh. And just making me feel like I had a friend in the world when I didn't really have many friends. Uh, it made a big difference in my life. And I think it, it gave me the confidence to, to weld, to do the military, to, to be who I am now. Uh, I don't think he, he ever thought that it would come to this where we know each other. I didn't think it was going to. I mean, he had my brother as a student. He had my sister as a student. You know, it, it was just a weird path that we took. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I had him, you know, to show me this, you know, how to get here and stuff. But just him believing and, and being like, you can do what the guys can do. He wrote that on one of these little recognition cards that you're supposed to turn in i never did i still have it yeah. it's a little wild card for wildcats and he was like oh amanda's always trying to do what the guys do and i don't know that always kind of stuck with me to keep going and not care you know not care what those guys think or what you know what they assume that you can do or can't do and you just be like i i can do it yeah. <laughs> watch me you're you're a, you're a staff sergeant now which yeah. means you're now you're going to start leading people more are you yeah. going to pass that? How are you going to pass that same kind of thing that was so impactful from Mister Master Sergeant Scott <laughs> Leffler? How are you going to pass that on to your troops? How does a good leader do that to the people that they lead, even out in corporate world? You know, I've seen bad leaders, I've seen good leaders, and I feel like I got a good grasp, uh, and I hope that I can be a good leader, and, and 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 you know, be the staff sergeant that I should and want to be. Uh, and by doing that, you know, listening is a big thing, um, showing them, you know, how to do something, but not having, you know, do it with them a couple times first, you know, before you have to just be like, oh yeah, go figure it out. Go read it in the TO. I heard that a lot. Go figure it out. Okay. Thanks. I just read about uh, the wrong plane for half the day. But yeah. thank you for telling me to go figure it out, you know. Yeah, I get the concept. You you do have to find things on your own. But, you know, I want to be the leader where I can, you know, kind of protrude some things to help you along the way, I guess. And to be there for any questions that you may have, you know, along the way and be able to answer them. You know, that's a big thing for me is, you know, because I'm still doing the upgrade training is, I want to take in everything so I can answer those questions and I can help that person. Yeah. Amanda, thanks for joining me today on Beneath the Wing. <laughs> this has been great. Yeah, it's been great for me too. It has been so fun to listen to you as a strong person. We asked, you know, are you strong? And uh, I can definitely see that and the, and the passion that you bring to just not only your, your welding artistry, uh, but also to the to the service that you have here, the family that you have at CE, 
and to the family that we have here at the 133rd. So thanks for being a part of Beneath the Wing. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you all join me next time on Beneath the Wing where we learn the stories of strength and success of other people here at the Wing.